have a material witness on an aggravated battery uh, with a hang of the state of Arizona in April of 1965. After this court's decision in Escobedo, affirmed. Thank you, gentlemen. The case is submitted. We'll hear arguments next in Batson uh, against Kentucky. Welcome to Bears, The Bar and Beyond, the Baylor Pre-Law Podcast. This week, we are in East Lansing, Michigan at Michigan State University with Ian McGuinness, the Director of Admissions. Welcome, Ian. Hey, how are you? Ian is going to help us shed some light today on a part of the application for law school that seems to bring up a lot of questions from students, and that is the personal statement. Uh, A lot of students will kind of be at odds with different options, they're not quite sure what to write about or how to go about writing those personal statements and even what the purpose um, of those statements is. So Ian, we're, we're hoping that you can some, shed some light on that for us today. I'll do my best. <laughs> can't promise, but I'll do my best. Why is it that a law school wants a personal statement? What, what has it got to do with law school itself? Right, so I think the biggest thing, right, is that... Um, in law school, you're going to learn how to think critically, write concisely, um, and, and you know bring that all together. A big part of law school is research and writing. And so I think the personal statement is an opportunity for the student to show that they can give us, here's what they're writing about, write concisely, give us the information we need that draws this picture about who they are, why they want to go to law school, what they want to do with their law degree, those kinds of things. Um, but I think that really is, is the reason, right? We want to see that in this short amount of space, you can draw the picture and, and do it, you know, bring the whole story together. So I think that's the biggest. How important is it that they, that they tell you why they want to go to law school? I mean, I think that's really what we want to get out of, right, the personal statement, right, is why, what is it about law school um, and a legal education that's going to help you reach your future goals? Um, And so using a story or using your past experiences to shed light on how um, those experiences are going to help you not only in law school, but in what you want to do in your future endeavors um, I think is is critical and is huge. So. When when you say talk about experiences, mm-hmm. uh, can students draw on things from childhood? They can. What I typically try to encourage them um, not to do, though, is spend their whole personal statement talking about what in their childhood made them want to go to law school. I hear a lot, right, mm. or I read yeah. a lot. I've I've known I wanted to be a lawyer since I was. Three. Yeah, that's fine, yeah. right? If that's if the, and you've continued on that path, but what I think I want to know, and I think what a lot of admissions professionals uh, want to know is what, right? In the past, maybe four to five years, really cemented that decision. Um, there has to have been something, at least in my mind, um, because. Listen, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a doctor, <laughs> and look where I've, you know, come. Um, went to law school, so I think people, you know, realize as they grow up and have different experiences that maybe a certain calling when they were a child is not the calling that they really truly have. Um, and I think there is that moment, and maybe it wasn't four to five years. Maybe it was, you know, prior to that. 
Um, but that's what I really want you to focus on is what more recently cemented that decision. So you can mention, I've known I wanted to be, uh, you know, go to law school since I was three. Um, but when I was 16, 17, I went on this mission, missions trip or I did, you know, X, Y, and Z, or this happened to my family. Mm. And so that really is what brought me, you know, to this decision. And, and I mean, it's a big decision. We both know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It's not something to be taken lightly. And so that's what I want to hear about. And I, th- I guess from, from what you've said, the same could be said for high school experiences. Correct. Because yeah. I think just, just for people who are listening, you know, when you become an attorney, there is, there is a very real and significant responsibility that you take on. Yeah. You are the keeper of other people's secrets. You're handling their money. You know, there are implications for them if you don't do lives. your job. Yeah, you have exactly. Li- there are lives in your hand. A- mean, absolutely. <laughs> and and I think, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think part of the risk of emphasizing too much of your experience from your childhood or high school is it, it can be seen as a little immature in the sense that you're basing your desire to go into a profession on your perception of it when you were at that stage of life rather than with a, a mature understanding of what it's actually like to be a practicing lawyer. Right, exactly. And I think, and again, you know, something we talked about um, a little bit ago is um, off mic is that, you know, there are a lot of people who go to law school to do other things, right? They're not going to be practicing, but they know that this legal degree is going to help them. And maybe it's start a nonprofit, right? We have a lot of people that come to law school to get that knowledge because they want to start a nonprofit to help people. They're still helping people. They still have lives in their hands, right? Um, And at the end of the day, right, I'm not a practicing attorney on a day-to-day basis, but I'm licensed in the state of Florida. I went to, right, I, I could still pick up and do those things if I wanted. And, I and, think and you'd be happy to if you had to. Exactly. And I think know. that's part of the profession, right? Yeah. It is a profession. It is not just a job. Right. So. Yeah. Well, okay, that's very helpful. So let's be focusing then on our experiences post high school, so college and beyond. Mm-hmm. What, are your, what are your thoughts on writing about? You, ten, you mentioned mission trips, but what about um, study abroad, internship experience, uh, how are they generally viewed? Yeah, I think I think what students need to do is find an experience really, right, that um, is that factor, is that key turning point, and that's what they need to focus on. I try to tell students not to jump around a lot um, because sometimes they'll tell me about multiple stories in a personal statement, but never draw the connection or finish the full story at the end. And so at the end of the statement, I get there and I'm like, I just read about a bunch of things that happened to you or experiences you've had, but I don't really understand how this is leading you to the legal profession or law school. There's not a coherent theme running through. I mean, the other thing is it's a very short piece of writing. Right, right. And, And if you're spending that very short space jumping around a bunch of different events, then you can't. You can't really draw their attention to who I am, right? how was I shaped by my life, right. and importantly, like we were talking about before, why right. law school? Right. And I think the, the thing is, and, and students wouldn't know this because they haven't been to law school yet, but if you do that in a memo brief or in a brief to a judge, right, um, whatever you're writing for the court, if you're jumping around and not making those connections... The judge is basically, I mean, you're going to lose based on your brief, right, that you've presented. And sometimes a lot of cases, 
especially on the appellate side, right, are everything hinges on the brief. And so um, I think this is the opportunity, even though they haven't been to law school, and this is why I think it's important, right, um, for law schools, these personal statements, is we want to see that, yes, we know there's going to be um, some fine-tuning that's going to happen in law school and some learning that's going to happen in law school. Yeah. We want to see that you have some type of base where you can actually make this coherent, short, concise, give us the information we want, and tell us the story in the limited amount of space that you have. Because it is their writing sample, really. Yeah, right. I mean, in, in a way that you, you'll read their essay from the LSAT, right. but but the real emphasis is going to be on the quality of writing in that personal statement where you've had time to actually plan and right. type. And, right, exactly. Yeah. And I think you touched on something that I think is important that a lot of students, I don't think, understand, is that most law schools do read the writing sample from the LSAT right? That is something we look at. Um, I've seen, and I think the reason is, and we understand you're, you have a short amount of time, but we want to see that you can sort of try to draw, right, conclusions and, and make points uh, based on um, that short amount of time that you have in the LSAT, instead of a lot of students know that, it, well, most students know, right? It's not graded, yeah, right? It's not part of the test in a graded sense. Um, and so, we, I've seen before students are writing things like, my mom has a dog. You know, they're not actually following the prompts, <laughs> right? I mean, it happens because they're like, it's not graded. Why am I going to waste my time? Yeah. We're seeing that. Yeah. And then when I see that, then I start to question judgment. And I'm like, I don't know if I really want you a part of my community. Yeah. What's, what's the level of responsibility exactly. for others and for yourself that you're right. willing to take on? We talked about how it's, a, uh, I guess, a sample of your writing. One of the things I think we see a lot is um, trying to use $20 words to explain $5 ideas. And is it, in, in your opinion, do you think that one of the signs of, of good uh, writing skills, and particularly in the context of law, is being able to be concise and to be clear and to be able to, to write in plain English? Correct. A- and to be you. Right? Yeah. I don't want you looking up in the dictionary a bunch of words that you don't know because you think you're going to sound smarter, right? That's not the goal. It's, it is called a personal statement. <laughs> That's right. right? Um, and so I want to see who you are through this writing sample. And, sometimes, and that's hard. I mean, that's not an easy thing to do. But if you're looking up these words because you think it's going to make you look better, um, Typically, right, what it does is it makes us think, okay, they're just trying to look this way, and this isn't really who they are. Yeah, That's not being genuine, and that's what we want. At least that's what I want to see come out in a personal statement. Yeah. I think uh, certainly I know some of the resources. There, I mean, there are a ton of resources out right. there. There's, you know, the top 55 essays that got into Harvard, and I know University of Chicago has, you know, a list of example mm-hmm. personal statements. These schools are getting thousands of applications every every year, mm-hmm. and you're looking at a, a sample of fifty. And so, what I've noticed some students struggling with is, you know, I read this personal statement, and they've essentially cured some exotic disease or won an right. Olympic gold medal right. by the time they're nineteen, and and they look at that and go, "Well, I went to high school, I went to college, I did some internships during my summers, and now I want to go to law school." How on earth 
can I write a personal statement that compares or stacks up with these examples? But it doesn't, you don't have to have had a dramatic experience to have a really good personal statement. Correct. Correct. Um, yeah, I think I think that's what they they read these samples, and then what I think happens is they start to try to conjure up things that they think maybe yeah. have happened in their life, right? To be more like that, um, because they think, well, these people got into Chicago and they got into Harvard, and yeah, yeah. you know, um, and, and that's not. I don't think that's what any of those schools, even the top schools, would want, right? Again, they we want you to be genuine, and and if all you've done is Right. You had you went to high school, you went to undergrad, you were in a couple of clubs, you were in. Right. You did some internships, externships, whatever it might be. What out of those. Right. Maybe those internships, maybe there's an experience or or a case that you worked on or somebody that you interacted with. And that's really what this is why I know this is what I want to do. That's what we want to hear about. It doesn't have to be dramatic. Nobody has to have died. Nobody has to have won something huge. Um, it's just something that experience that really is is the cementing factor to this is what I know I want to do and this is why. Um, and and so it doesn't have to be huge. And you know some things are dramatic. I, I will be honest. There's um, yeah I read most files right and so we're talking thousands right and and i remember a couple of years ago out of probably close to 2500 applications that i was going through there was one personal statement that really stuck out to me Um, and it was somebody who grew up in alaska who at the age of 18 was um, his town's basic um 911 dispatcher wow and in alaska there's a lot of um they have a very high suicide rate right and so one of his first calls that he ever took was somebody from somebody who was going to kill themselves Mm. he talks about that experience and how right it it really just cemented the fact that the way i can help people who might be on the edge here right is the best way at least that i know how is through the law and so this is what i'm going to do it was and, and this person did not have right stellar credit i mean they were good but they weren't yeah. like right um they were definitely below median i will say um the rest of the file was good but nothing that you know jumped out um and i said to my boss if we do not admit this student <laughs> i'm gonna quit <laughs> because it's the best it was the best well-written, concise, told me what I wanted to know and, and gave me a sense as to who this person is, right, through that experience. And I think that's what I want to see from people. And, yeah, that's a little dramatic, right? But it doesn't have to be that. Yeah. Um, so. I think that says something to um, just generally speaking about the value of personal statements. So you can have a 180 and a 4.0. But that's not a guarantee that you're going to get into every school that you apply to. Right. And, and they, I mean, you guys read everything. You yeah. read every element of the file. Well, and here, if we want to talk about a bad personal statement, yeah. um, somebody, and this was a couple of years ago as well, somebody who had stellar credentials and would normally be admitted if we we're just looking at credentials, yeah. right, in their personal statement, cursed throughout the personal statement. 
Wow. And we decided that's not somebody we want as part of our community. So we denied that person. And and so I think I think that is a huge point that I would love the listeners to understand is we do read and look at everything. Um, and yes, numbers are important, but there are sometimes things that outweigh those numbers, even if they're good numbers, t- for us thinking we don't want this person as part of our community. Another school might, but, you know, we don't. <laughs> I think that's a good that's a good jumping off point to talk about the fact that you know it is a personal statement. Mm-hmm. You, you do want to get a glimpse of the kind of person that they are, but it's still a professional piece of writing, right? And you've got to remember your audience and and the context of your application, right? You can't, you know, the the, the approach you take to something like that is probably indicative of the way you're going to approach drafting serious legal documents as well, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, and and so usually what I tell students is. You know, if you're wondering if you're going too personal, right, um, or think, is somebody going to read this and, and think to themselves, why would you put that here? Yeah. Right. Um, I always use my grandmother as an example. If would I want my grandmother to sit there and go, uh, I'm really not sure why this person is telling me this, because it's more than what I need to know or more than I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> That, you know, if you're questioning it, it probably is. Yeah, t- the TMI test. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we've talked about the importance. We've talked about, I guess, some of the the guidelines. Uh, I think it goes without saying school students need to check the school's criteria. Correct. If it says two pages, don't submit three. Right. Yeah, and so, and so what I will say is, you know, we typically, we're pretty loose there, right? We yeah. say... And some schools are more loose than Two others. to yeah. three, but there are some schools that say specifically only two pages or only three pages. Um, and so, yes, I, the biggest key that I'm always telling prospective students is read every application and the instructions within those applications because while a lot are similar... <laughs> We're not all the same. Yeah. Um, and so when you submit something that isn't meeting that other school's criteria, right, and it comes to us or and then it doesn't meet our criteria, we're going to know, right? We pick up on that um, because we do read everything. Yeah. Um, and so then again, it goes back to judgment. It goes back to uh, this person isn't reading, which again is something that's huge in law school, yeah. right? One wrong word in a contract you just screwed up your client's life basically i mean that's that's a real possibility that's the reality of it so um read 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 (laughs) Um, and some schools do have prompts right most schools are pretty open when it comes to personal statements so they'll say it's a personal statement write about you know what you want and here's some prompt here's some ideas to think about those kinds of things um but there are schools that have specific prompts and if they have a specific prompt, the other thing you don't want to do is think that everybody's generic. So you just are submitting these generic personal statements to every school that you apply to. Yeah. So. And and I guess that comes to another point of you know we've we've touched on the the importance of paying attention mm-hmm. to the to the details. Uh, it happens every year that someone and I'm sure you've seen this <laughs> where they end up submitting the wrong personal statement. So there's there's some value in. Um, personalizing those personal statements right, right but you've you've got to be very diligent in in terms of even basic things like 
where you store these files on your computer. Correct. So that the Michigan State application doesn't go to the University of Michigan. Right. You know, a simple simple check. I mean, obviously there's right. the rivalry, but just <laughs> there is no quicker way that, to exclude yourself right. than to submit the wrong papers. And it's not like, and, and who knows, there could be some schools. It's not like we throw that person. It's like, oh, well, they submitted the wrong statement. They're out of here. But again, then then we're questioning right their attention to detail. What's going on here? And so, if you are going to personalize a personal statement for a specific school, double, triple check before you hit that button to submit that the correct personal statement is with that file, right? Um, so whether you need to save it as the school's name, however you need to do it to make sure, and then going back and making sure that that's the one you uploaded, yeah, that's what you need to do. Make those steps um, and have people look at things, right? I mean, it is very easy, and I'm speaking from a professional sense, right? When you're looking at a document a hundred times, right, or you've been spending two to three weeks on something, it is easy to miss things because in your mind, you're only seeing what your mind wants you to see. Yeah. <laughs> and so having other people look over these documents, having other people um, maybe give you some feedback before you actually submit, right, I think is something I would definitely advise. Yeah. Well, I mean, we tell students eight to ten drafts is, is not out of the ordinary at all. Right. You know, have people who know you really well read it mm-hmm. and and. And find out from them, does this sound like me? Right. Well, and the other thing I tell tell um, students recently, more recently actually, is now that give it to somebody you know, but however you do it, try to pass it off as a friend, right? Don't have your name on it mm. because then sometimes the feedback is more real. They don't feel like they're giving you, know, you feedback and it might hurt your feelings. You might not take it well. Yeah. Right, exactly. Um, so then they might be more real. So try to pass it off as, oh, you know, my buddy who's also applying to law school asked me to look over this and I think I've looked over it, but I'm going to, I'm wondering how you might, you know, what you might say about this. Um, so try to pass it off as somebody else's, then you might get more real feedback. Mm. Um, and I think that might help make your statement better. Yeah. Do you, do you have any, uh, I guess, tips or rules for people to follow other than we've so we've talked about make sure it it conveys a sense of your own experience Mm -hmm. and and leaves the reader with an understanding of of why law school's a logical step for you right uh the importance of attention to detail being aware of the actual process for each school requirements etc particular prompts but some some general rules do you have do you have some in mind on on so we we talked to students example for example about telling by showing rather than telling by telling right. you know allow your story to show that you have maturity and empathy and you can handle responsibility instead of saying i have empathy and i am responsible right you know yeah i think i mean i think that's i think that's a good probably tip rule um it's hard for me it's hard to to say here's specific tips that i would follow for the personal statement um to make sure that everything's coming across other than, right, write it, read it, and think to yourself, is this me? Am I getting my point across? Um, is it coming out grammatically and error-free? Um, and then having other people look over it as well. And if the feedback you, 
and I don't want other people to rewrite your statement for you. That's not the purpose of somebody else looking at it. It is to catch things or say, well, I don't really get the sense of you in this, right? So that personality wise isn't gonna really come through. Um, giving those kinds of feedbacks then helps you go back to the drawing board to try and tweak it, to me at least, to make it sound like this is you, this is why, right? Um, and it paints that whole picture. Um, I think that's important. Um, and I think that's, I think that's the best advice is it's not going to be the first draft. No, no. <laughs> it's not going to be. Or the fourth. Be, or the fourth sometimes. Yeah. Um, and so make sure, this is the other part of it, make sure you're giving yourself time to do it. Don't try to do it in one night yeah. and shoot the application off because that's when things go bad. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I think, and, and for students who are looking at the application season now, you know, generally we're looking at some t at September. Right. Um, honestly, as long as we're in by around the Thanksgiving time, that still gives us plenty of time. So avoid the temptation to submit your applica your application immediately after getting your score. Right. Make sure that we have actually invested the time and the effort in getting all of the other aspects of our right. application right. And and I think you know sometimes it's funny to me that it seems like students wait to get their score before they start doing anything else, right? Yeah. And I tell students all the time, you don't need a score to write your personal statement. You don't need a score to ask recommenders, will you write a good, strong letter of recommendation for me? Um, those are things, you don't need somebody or a score, right, to tweak your resume and make sure it's professional and looks good. You can do all of that stuff prior to getting your score. So then when your score comes out, yeah, maybe then you are ready to hit the submit button or I'm not happy with my score. I'm going to take it again. And then I think that question comes into play then, you know, and it's different for each schools, but do I apply now with my current score or do I wait until I get my new score whenever that might be? Um, so for us, I always tell students, submit it now. We don't make final decisions if somebody is registered for a future test. We will not make a final decision unless it's a positive decision. Right? Yeah. Um, until after we get that new score. And and for those folks who maybe aren't looking to apply this season, mm -hmm. I think it's I think it's fair for them to start thinking now about what they might write. So we tell students sure. perhaps perhaps you have a, a small notebook. Right. And every time you have a sense of, oh gosh, that was a meaningful experience or this person who had a big influence on me or, or maybe people who are having to come up with some ideas in a fairly short space of time, could go and carve out 45 minutes right. on their own, no phone, a good cup of coffee, and think about, why am I the way I am? Or Mountain Dew, because well, not, <laughs> I like coffee, but I know some people are like, ah. Well, in Texas, it'll be Dr. Pepper. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. Especially but, in Wake Up. Yeah. <laughs> but this idea of you've got to spend time investing in understanding yourself in order to be able to write a personal statement. Right. We, we touched on this a little bit off mic uh, about... Um, how students from diverse backgrounds have a diverse perspective. Right. Uh, now, for students who may choose to focus on that in their personal statement, is it safe to say that they then don't have to necessarily repeat that same information in a separate diversity statement? C correct. And I tell students all the time, right, if a school has 
um, well, for us in particular, right, we have an optional diversity statement. If you've touched on those things already in your personal statement, I don't want you rehashing it in another document that's going to tell me the same thing. Yeah. So the goal is really, I tell students, to get your application is your um, interview. I mean, especially here at MSU Law, we don't do interviews for spots in our class. There are some schools that do, right? We do not. So everything in your file, that's your interview. Yeah. And our goal is to get the broadest view of who you are as an applicant and a prospective student slash alum down the road as we can. And so that optional statement, while it's diversity focused, right? And a lot of students, I think, see the word diversity and think, well, I'm not diverse, right? They think it's a demographics exercise. Correct, correct. Um, For me, right, it's I want you to tell me about an experience that you don't think many others have had, how that's impacted you. And if it's, and I think there are those stories that, right, maybe you briefly touched on it in your personal statement, but you didn't give this full story, right? Didn't really draw that picture because you were drawing the picture with something else in your yeah. personal statement. This is your opportunity, in, a, in at least in our diversity statement, for you to do that. For us, it's about inclusion. It's about right people coming from different backgrounds, where whether it's where they grew up economically, um, whether it's right they um, were homeschooled and then did you know a two-year mission somewhere um, and then came back and worked for a couple of years. Maybe it's the single mom going back to school after twenty years, right? Growing up in the things. foster system, correct? Yeah, all veterans things. even as well. Exactly. All sorts of things, right? It's That's our goal is our incoming class is diverse amongst all sorts of things. It is, it, And it's really is that inclusion piece. And yes, the, the race, ethnicity, gender, those kinds of things, obviously, that's part of diversity. Um, and I think that's what people tend to think of when they think of diversity. Yeah. Um, but we really want that sort of global view, if you will. Um, and that's what I think is for us, at least in the optional diversity statement, um, something you can talk about. I don't want you rehashing things from your yeah. personal statement. Yeah, and I think the tension is balancing that with, if, if you've already talked about it, you don't want to rehash it. Mm-hmm. But also, if you bring up an issue as a factor of diversity, you've got to be able to explain right. how that affects your perspective and how you'll contribute to the class. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, imp- that's an important piece of it, right? Um, because that piece, right, is going to add to the discussion in the classroom. You're going to bring something, a view different than somebody else right next to you. And really, to me, that's what makes a legal education so great is when you have those diverse perspectives in a classroom um, because the law is basically all how you argue things, right? Not only argue things, but then use precedent cases, right, to this is how, right, it's going to work for me. So your precedent in life, right, is going to help give somebody else who hasn't had that experience that thought when they go to sit down with a client and they're thinking, well, this has never happened to me. Oh, but in my class in law school, my buddy next to me had this experience and I remember him talking about this. So now maybe I can be more empathetic. Maybe I have that thought in my mind that's going to help my client 
more than what I could have if I didn't have that experience. Yeah. Well, this has been tremendously helpful. Um, if, if you're listening and you have further questions about writing your personal statement, uh, some of the maybe pitfalls and things to avoid, send those questions to prelaw at baylor.edu. Um, if you'd like to find out more about uh, Michigan State University and, and in particular the College of Law, they are on the web. Uh, would you like to share with us the, the, the web address? Yeah, it's just law.msu.edu. Wonderful. Thanks again for your time. If you've got uh, topics or particular practice areas that you'd like us to cover in the podcast, uh, as we say every week, please do send those questions and, and areas through to us and we'll do our best to follow up on them. Ian, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, sir.